Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then, there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, welcome back, everyone. Just want to remind you, we have a little lighter of a schedule this week. Only going to do two episodes, but they're really fun ones. We usually do these as a way of holding ourselves accountable, as well as just taking a look back at what some of the big moves that were made ended up doing to these teams. And there have been few more seminal summers in NBA history than the summer of 2019. So we're going to start here with the West grades. Then Wednesday night, we will have the East regrades as well. So we'll go through, we'll try to refresh your memory of at least the major stuff. We have to go through literally every transaction that each team did, talk about what our grades were and what the rationale was initially, and then see how those have changed and what idiots both we or the teams were depending on or perhaps both both. uh depending on how it works out so we can start with the dallas mavericks remember that they were kind of on the hook for potentially seeing if anybody was going to kind of shake out for them whether that was a high-end player like Kawhi, probably not or maybe a lower-end guy like danny green they ended up not getting anybody like that signed they added seth curry delon wright via sign and trade which they gave up two seconds for they drafted Isaiah Roby, 45th. They moved down a little bit to, to do that. And then they retained Porzingis, Moxie Kleba, Dwight Powell with the opt-in and extension, Dorian Finney-Smith, J.J. Barea, and then hilariously, they lost Trey Burke in the offseason. However, they ended up bringing him back after that. Yeah, so a bit more color on those. Retaining Porzingis, that was a five-year max deal. The 25% max Kleba was in the four-year $36 million range with the last year non-guaranteed. Powell's opt-in and extend. The extension was three years, $33 million. That just kicked in for this year. Uh, Barea was the minimum, and Dorian Finney-Smith was a pretty good deal. Three years, $12 million for him. And they never really were in the mix for the best stars. We thought maybe Al Horford was someone that they could end up going after, that they're a mystery team that might be in for him. That turned out to not be the case. What did you give them initially, Danny? I gave them a D plus. I thought that they kind of missed an opportunity opportunity and that Seth Curry DeLon Wright didn't really move the needle enough 432 for Seth Curry and the 27 million over three years for DeLon Wright and I really did like the Dorian Finney-Smith and Moxie Kleba signings at the time and I hated the Dwight Powell extension and remember at that point he wasn't hurt that happened subsequent to uh, subsequent to it and generally speaking I'm not going to punish a team for something unforeseeable occurring however signing Dwight Powell to a contract that looks bad that still you know 
know, that that was still existing before. Yeah, and part of the reason we didn't like it was that it ate into their 2021 cap space. Now, as it turns out, perhaps that won't be as important given the suddenly decreased crop of free agents for 2021. Uh, But yeah, I mean, he wasn't worth the first contract they gave him and he wasn't worth this contract before he tore his Achilles. And now, obviously, uh, he's really been struggling for them and kind of de-emphasizing his role has actually been a, a little bit of why they've been playing better lately so uh i gave them a c minus initially i also was extremely worried about the porzingis extension recall that he hadn't played a game in a mavericks uniform at that i guess it was a new contract for porzingis in restricted free agency and there were no protections for injury uh, of any kind whether it was non-guarantee or team option or or triggers yeah or injury exclusion or games played or anything anything like that um now porzingis i think came back and looked good you know that was one part of the equation the other has been the injuries and in fact he was not able to finish the season for them last year it looked like he's going to be back and be able to play this year and but you're always really concerned uh, about Porzingis and how long he's going to be able to stay on the floor as you would be with anyone at, at that kind of 7-3 type of size however some of the things that we didn't like as much seemed to work out pretty well Seth Curry was really good for them last year I mean they were they were part of this grade has to be that they ended up being much better than expected last right. year I, mean, I think they, they were really by point difference really the third best team in the west last year they ended up getting a tough draw with the Clippers they very easily could have made the second round particularly if they'd been healthy so I think neither of us saw them being that good next year and a big part of that was because Luka Doncic took such a big leap but they also had a great system around him that really enabled him to flourish and this year we'll see how their moves work out but to be able to get Josh Richardson for Curry and pick up a pick as well clearly that was a deal that turned out to be good Kleba and Dorian Finney-Smith if anything looked better like Benny Smith we didn't think of him as a starter he really emerged as a much better shooter last year and so I, I think I would have to move them all the way up to a B the Paul extension was still terrible they didn't really you know they couldn't get anything really big done last year uh but other than that i think everything that they did worked out pretty well right wasn't a good fit with luca you know uh and they ended up moving him for james johnson which is not amazing and he's making 16 million so that's that's one that probably was actually worse than we thought it was at the time but given how good this team was last year and how they put luca in position to succeed i think a solid b rather than my initial c minus is warranted yeah i moved them up to move them to a b minus and the one other thing that hasn't come up yet is Isaiah Roby at 45 isn't a huge deal, but remember, they cut him loose between now and then, and they moved down, the Mavericks moved down from 37 to 45, picked up two mediocre seconds to do so, and 37, at that point, Daniel Gafford, Eric Paschal were on the board, so maybe somebody like that could have helped them more in having them under cost control. It's a very small thing. I didn't, I'm not saying it was a major factor. Yeah, well, I mean, but they didn't cut Roby during this offseason. They drafted him, and so that's not part of the grade that they or they traded him actually to OKC. Yeah. But he's good in OKC. Like he's actually, it looks like a solid pick at that range. Like he's, I mean, I don't know, good might be overstating it, but I think he looks like he's going to at least be in the NBA and have a career. showed some, some intrigue there. We can move on to the Denver Nuggets. And what makes them different is just small volume of moves, but very, some very important ones. And they traded their 2020 top 10 protected first round pick for Jeremy Grant. They also gave Jamal Murray a max extension and they used, they 
traded two seconds, or I'm sorry, they traded one second, but it was a potential, you didn't know who it was going to be, for the 44th pick, took Bull Bull and used, and and then signed him to a two-way. Really, other than that, there wasn't a whole lot that the, that the Nuggets did during the 2019 offseason, but the Jeremy Grant move and the Jamal Murray one merit some discussion. Yeah, absolutely, and I think I gave him just a straight C. I thought that Grant would be a good fit, and he turned out to even be a better fit. Uh, obviously, you know, getting him and then some of the struggles that they've had this year they apparently miss him pretty badly although again they've had a lot of absences michael porter jr has been out you know we, we, i don't want to judge them uh, on that too harshly yet this has been a weird year so far uh, but to uh, grant clearly was a good fit i think e- even just to have only gotten to the conference finals last year and that's it you know it's probably worth giving up that first round for him and and part of the problem was that he turned out to actually be too good and then he they couldn't afford him anymore and uh, you know i think he made the right decision for his career to go to detroit where he is continuing to blossom as of now we'll see how how much that continues uh and i think you know we liked them saying hey this is the year that they had a shot they were the two seed last year giving up a first rounder for a guy who can be part of this they didn't know that michael porter jr also was going to be really good at that point porter jr hadn't even played so and i don't think he even played in that summer league so to get someone where Millsap was getting old grant would have been a really nice fit for them as their starting power forward going forward if porter hadn't emerged also so uh, I, I'm going to move this up from a C to a B plus. Another thing I didn't really like was Jamal Murray and didn't have the greatest year last year, just the no brainer max without any negotiating at all. They were allowed to get him for five years though, which I think was important to them. The, the, the only way they could have got him for five years to that max contract. And while Murray has been very uneven this year, as we've talked about, uh, he certainly had again, a wonderful playoffs last year and you hope that he can do that again. And that contract I think looks better now than it did at the time. I agree that it looks better than it did. And also, that'd be the, the context of, yeah, what what it would have been had he been a restricted free agent. I mean, Jamal Murray would have gotten a three plus one match. Like, that, that's what would have happened in the 2020 offseason had it, based on what he did in the bubble, had had everything else been the yeah, same. Yeah, or, or they would have had to re-sign him with the player option. Sure, yeah, a three plus one or a four plus one. I think that's fair. And I agree with you on, on Jeremy Grant. I think there are there are people who'd be like, wait, you traded a first-round pick for a guy who you had for a year who came off your bench and then was gone, that that is, that that is a mistake, but they wouldn't have made, and here here's the part that's a little bit weird. They wouldn't have made the conference finals without him, but they also very nearly lost in the first round. So how much are we weighing this on those 2-3-1 comebacks? But those 2-3-1 comebacks also happened, and Grant was an important part of it, especially, I would say, yeah. their success. Yeah, I, the I mean, they don't they don't make it without him. So right. I, I mean, I think just, just to even say, hey, we, even for one year, we lost in the first round, or we made it to the conference finals with this guy, you know, that, that really worked out and they saw something in him he uh, was uh, clearly a a guy who could improve and he's not necessarily doing it in a denver uniform but at the time it was definitely and and something else that tim Connolly, like another risk that they took that ended up working out fine was well what if they're a little bit worse and so the pick they give up is better it was 25th not a huge huge deal i mean the knicks ended up taking quickly there he might end up being a decent player but it wasn't it didn't end up becoming like the 12th pick or something like that which would have been tremendous worse we expected them to be good they were and moving on from trey lyles totally fine yeah again like they could they had the option of just re-signing trey lyles in restricted free agency and you know he'd been in the rotation at times as a backup four and they said no we're gonna instead upgrade and jeremy then, grant i think that was a, a very good decision. the other important decision that they made was ex- not extending malik beasley or wancho hernan gomez i would argue from denver's perspective that worked out reasonably well um beasley yeah i don't know they maybe could use malik beasley but would they have paid it like i mean if uh, 
yeah it's it's a difficult it's a difficult question like how would how would that if ownership was still unwilling to pay the luxury tax i i yeah then you start to run into some problems but and, I, I, and I mean, when I you consider could, his off-court stuff that happened around the same time i think beasley would have been personal. yeah they, they would have had to dump uh gary harris or will barton probably if they had gone to that extension so and and, and then and, and wancho i mean that's fine and they got a first round pick for those guys remember yeah i so. mean wancho looks terrible in minnesota Ugh, so sad. so far and you um and I, you and i both both loved him at the time so so i'm i'm giving them a b minus i think that it's raising their grade in light like the grant thing actually helps them for me which is which is wild in the context but i think it's fair oh boy next one in alphabetical order i mean let's just to yeah i I know we got a lot that this golden state is gonna be hilarious but yeah i mean it's tough for me to say that they made some moves that got them into being in the conference finals and they still only get a b minus i mean to me i I think they deserve better uh even if it was like a little i mean i mean got them into the conference finals yes they absolutely did but it took it they they obviously participated and we don't need to relitigate that but it so easily could have been they lose in five games yeah. in the first well, round. well let's not forget they also like jeremy grant was able to move in and be their starting three right because they didn't even have will barton, barton. right i mean that's sure. like like if we knew that he was going to be their starting three on a team that was going to make it to the west finals yeah giving up the 25th pick for him that's pretty fucking good all right Man, it is crazy to think that I've been working with Helix Sleep since 2015. And I think that's because my story with them seems to really resonate with listeners. If you've never heard it before, that was kind of the beginning of the direct-to-consumer boom. And there was another very prominent mattress company at that time that was trying to convince you that mattresses were one-size-fits-all. They found the one formula, the one mattress that was going to work for everyone. My then-girlfriend, now-wife, and I ordered that mattress. We ended up having to return it because, hey, guess what? Not everyone is the same. And then she did some more research and found Helix Sleep. We took their sleep quiz and we found a mattress that actually worked for us and our body types. And uh, Helix offers 20 unique mattresses. Everybody sleeps differently. And Helix mattresses are designed for specific sleep positions and field preferences, hot or cold, side sleeper, back sleeper. So take that Helix sleep quiz, find your perfect mattress in under two minutes, and it's shipped straight to your door, free of charge. It's no risk because you really need to sleep on the mattress in your own home. You're like, well, how should I order this if I can't sleep? Like, yeah, you're not going to learn anything by going to the mattress store and sleeping on the mattress where do I take my shoes off? Do I leave my shoes on? But then my feet kind of hang off the bed because I don't want to put my shoes on the bed. And is it weird that I'm laying here for more than 30 seconds? You can't tell anything under those circumstances. You might as well just order it, get it sent to your house, get that 100 night trial. They're 10 to 15 year warranty, depending on the model. And there's never been a better time to try a Helix Sleep mattress because they are offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash capspace. Easy to slash capspace. We talk about all the time here on the program. That's helixsleep.com slash capspace. This is their best offer yet. I can attest to that since I've been working with them for nine years. And it won't last long with Helix. Better sleep starts now. Don't forget that slash capspace URL to let them know that you came from us. 
Man, I just love American Giant. Just an amazing clothing company. I was reminded again of how much I love it when I drove from California to Montana over the All-Star break. And you know what it's like when you're on a long road trip and it's cold, particularly when it starts off warm in the bay and then we get into some really cold areas. You're like, well, I don't want to wear like my jacket in the car, but then I get out to fill gas. I'm going to be freezing, but the American Giant hoodie was perfect because despite being made out of a nice heavy material that'll keep you warm, it's not too hot as well. So I was able to wear it in the car, not be too hot, step out of the car and still be warm enough when I was filling up gas or going into a restaurant or something that I didn't feel like I needed my jacket, even when it was cold outside. These things are amazingly durable. I proposed to my wife wearing an American Giant hoodie in the Grand Canyon almost seven years ago. I still own that same hoodie. I still wear it constantly. And American Giant has since spread out into all sorts uh, of other types of clothing like their premium slub crew tee the no bs high-rise pant the slim roughneck pant featured in giant magazine issue two every american giant piece is made in america and designed to last no exceptions and it provides year-round comfort so find a closet staple for every part of your spring days at american-giant.com and get 20 percent off your first order when you use that finger code capspace at checkout you remember we talk about capspace all the time here on the program that's 20 percent off your first order at american-giant.com don't forget that cap space code to let them know you came from us golden state warriors i'm taking a deep breath to run through their moves um okay they traded kevin durant and a 2020 first round pick which was top 20 protected so that became second uh for d'angelo russell shabazz napier and travion graham both of whom got rerouted they traded andre they traded a 2021 first round pick which is top four protected with andre guadala to dump andre guadala they also traded two seconds for number 39 pick a future second for 41 which became pascal and yeah, 39 they, was smiley smiley and they traded traded Damian Jones and a 2026 second round pick for Amari Spellman. They also signed Alec Burks, Willie Cauley-Stein, drafted Jordan Poole, signed Glenn Robinson III, and then retained Clay Thompson, Draymond Green by extension, Kevon Looney. And they used up all their, all their, I, I had this already in my notes from the previous time. They used up all their 2019-20 cash in the in those trades. So it was cash plus the picks and everything else. So my initial grade was a D. And my rationale was that you gave up two first-round picks, essentially. One was a top 20 protected pick to get Russell. And the other one was a top four 2024 first-rounder, top four protected, I should say, to dump Andre Guadala, who apparently had positive value uh, if they had just maybe search harder or hadn't been totally with a gun to their head uh, because the Miami Heat traded for him as a positive contract and they gave him an extension at the same money when he had played zero minutes yeah which actually probably helped his trade value (laughs) that's actually probably true so the idea of giving all that up to get a guy who wasn't going to be worth his contract seemed very foolish to me now as it turned out I think things look better for them now other than the fact that Clay Thompson got injured again but if he hadn't gotten injured I think things would have looked better for them going into this year than we would have thought at the time um I was I didn't care that much for the Russell for Wiggins trade but the Warriors have actually gotten more out of Wiggins than I expected and of course the Wolves look terrible so far and it looks like that Minnesota pick that they got but that 
that's not necessarily part of the grade and i think the important thing to remember here is yeah they got the number two pick in james wiseman but nobody knew that this team was going to be you know was going to totally tank they weren't trying to be bad right right i mean mean, and for a t for a season where they actually were trying to be decent getting russell also hard capped them and then they weren't able to get any kind of depth at all particularly you know you can even just point to those four games that they all played together yes their center rotation was awful but i mean they basically had three guys (laughs) on this team it was russell and draymond and curry and russell was just an absolutely miserable fit now part of the idea was oh well you get d'angelo russell and now he's just salary fodder to keep your salary high and you can make trades but if they had just kept andre iguodala and then also because let's not forget they moved on from iguodala yeah they got the trade exception for him that got the move right but they could have just traded iguodala himself at a later point when contenders might have been interested in him um to keep that salary going and they also could have just paid the nets to do a, a sign and trade of kevin durant into the cap space and gotten like a 30 million dollar trade exception anyway so the idea that like oh if they you know russell was worth it just to have that salary slot so they could keep their salary high and and lakeham could pay this much you, you know i'm a little skeptical there now the fact that they eventually due to the sign and trade being only you know six million dollars over the tax were able to get out of the tax maybe that's something but nobody nobody on earth saw that coming at this point either that was a totally unintended consequence so i, I gave him a d at the time uh i think i will probably uh pascal looked really good you know that's something where you got to bump them up for that like he's a, a very solid rotation player but pool and smile yeah, Poole and Smiley Geach are, are pretty terrible. But when you're drafting, when you got to pick at 28, 39, and 41 to get a guy who is a like really solid scorer off the bench, and maybe even could be more than that at some point, uh, is very good. Um, so, I mean, even if you're looking at it as that's all you got out of those three picks, that's still pretty good to get a guy who's actually contributing to your team this year. Um, so... Uh, I bump him up a little bit there. Uh, and actually, signing Alec Burks for the minimum was a good signing. GR3 was a pretty good signing at the minimum, although he's kind of apparently now has lost whatever touch he had in Golden State. Um, well, the interesting things that we haven't discussed are the two biggest financial parts of this, which were the yeah. Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. Clay, we knew he was going to be out for the entire 1920 season. We did not know there would be any subsequent injuries. Yeah, I, I don't know if we knew that. I think there was kind of this thought that like, ooh, what if he comes back and blah, blah. But I think, yeah. you know, if you're being smart about it you probably yeah. realize that but people were saying he could come back sure um yeah but obviously that looks like one of the worst contracts in basketball now and there's there was definitely risk there i think there was an understanding that the tail end of that contract would be ugly but that that was one where number one the guy was coming it was a franchise icon coming off a very underpaid contract and off of an injury at that point that you expect a full recovery or close to it from eventually yeah i mean at his age maybe not but it was still and and that was one where it's like you can't there's nothing else to do at that point and that trio of thompson green and curry had been just like such a monster trio like you needed to give those guys an opportunity to and they're moving into the new stadium they need to have these names around etc so i don't hold the thompson torn achilles against them in this you know i'm not grading them downward because i, I didn't i will that. say i didn't love the contract but i also totally understood it well i mean he would have had a four-year max somewhere else so exactly like it just anybody would have. and then draymond about 25 million a year he's he's worth that on a good team he's wasn't worth that last year when when they were yeah well it didn't even kick in until this year anyway so you know i think that was 
that one still remains to be told you know he's had good games and bad games this year uh but i think think the way he's playing this year i feel comfortable that at least this year he's you know worth around that level and that may decline as his offensive game continues to wane even more but uh, you know i mean i think there was an understanding that would be bad at the end but again you know at the time it seemed like draymond would have other options and and that was uh i thought that was a reasonable deal for both sides i probably still continue to think that it sounds like the biggest disagreement that we have here is it's a philosophical one about how to grade an offseason and it's that i i am very cognizant and i actually move their grade down and the reason why is because i believe that if we're just grading it on the offseason they ended up getting bailed out on the d'angelo russell thing but it was very close to backfiring in a way that would have completely screwed the franchise i I mean maybe they you could say well they knew for sure that minnesota would want to trade for i I, I mean, they knew that they had. They knew that Minnesota had interest, but I mean, it. Yeah. It it could have gone. It could have gone differently. And I mean, Russell was even worse than we thought he. Would. Right. And the, it, like, like we're like, oh well, at least when stuff's off the floor, he, he'll give him a, a a like solid floor as an offense, and then he can still at least like play off the ball, and he can set stuff up and stuff. And, and like, no, he was, and he completely killed their defense. As and well, like, so. and and as you said, like if you could theoretically have created a significant trade exception another way and they could have compensated the Nets sufficiently to make that you know Sean Marks is going to make the best decision for him Durant was willing to do the sign and trade so he would have been willing to do it presumably in either circumstance and or it actually could have even been structured within a Russell one if he was going to Minnesota there could have even been a way to do that and create it so it wouldn't have even had to be that big a deal for Brooklyn um but the the fundamental like challenge to me is like they could have done much better than D'Angelo Russell and then that involved them taking on Andrew Wiggins and while there have been times when Wiggins has been better than expectations. If you were to tell me I could have a $25 million trade exception or Andrew Wiggins at his contract, I would take the trade exception zero hesitation. I don't know if I would actually at, at this point. Uh, I could, a he's been pretty good for them, and we'll see that that can change. I'm not. It, it'll, it's going to take another like at least 40 games for me to believe that he's going to continue to play at this level. But he does play a valuable position. Yes, you have a 25 million dollar trade exception, but you still have to give something up to induce someone to trade someone into them. And so, yeah, but remember they also gave I, up two like, first round picks in the trade, like in in those in those in those transactions. Even yeah, then. yeah, and we didn't know that 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 that. 2020 pick wouldn't count you know i think uh because it, it was it was top 20 protected um that was a good job though to top 20 protect that pick sure uh consider considering that uh <laughs> though if it had been <laughs> lottery protected two. it wouldn't have made much of a difference anyway yeah yeah um but i mean that was a good theory of like okay we're only gonna have to give this up if it's good sure but um i mean i think the russell move while i would actually say that the you know the russell move actually worked just in the sense that they're able to flip in for wiggins and that wolves pip i mean i think that's that ended up being really solid and we get into so many permutations now where it's hard to know what the road not traveled where it would have ended because it's there have been so many twists and turns in it the, the one that they did take already but despite the fact that they are able to do that Wiggins trade and get that Minnesota pick that Minnesota pick looks really good so far and Wiggins looks better than expected and you didn't know that that sort of a deal would even be available for Russell anyway and there are only maybe a couple of teams that were willing to do that and Russell himself worked out even worse than people like us who didn't really care for him that much to begin with uh as as an actual player on the Warriors so I I think I ultimately would end up just sticking with the D that I had initially yeah so I went from a D plus to a D minus and the other part like we talked about how they were trying to win and didn't is that the Glenn Robinson and Burke signings would have looked a lot better if 
they had actually been competitive. But and which was yeah. which was Bob Myers' intention. But good that I, I think we can I think we can move on to the Rockets. The big move here, Chris Paul, their 2024 first top four protected, their 2026 first top four protected, and swap rights in 21 and 25 for Russell Westbrook. I mean, I don't think we even need to spend that much time on this one. Like I gave him a D initially, and now I gave him an F minus. They also didn't extend Mike D'Antoni, which led to potentially the departure of Daryl Morey and James Harden, depending on who you ask. They cemented their cheapness by again not going into the tax and not using their mini mid-level. I mean, basically the only decent thing that they did was to get Daniel House on a three-year $11 million deal. And then of course he completely torpedoed their season in the bubble by being a, a total asshole. I'll, I'll give, I'll and I guess give, they got they got Macklemore and Austin Rivers. Yes, those are the other two I was going to bring up. So I, I gave them an F plus just for him finding some value on the margins. Actually, no, I'm going to move it down to an F because the other big move that Maury made and the, the Chris Paul for Westbrook trade is an absolute F. Like, I mean, Paul was better than Westbrook. He was a better fit for the, both the Rockets and the Thunder, incidentally. And I mean, Russ at his best was better, but we saw the limitations there and he was hurt and everything like that in the playoffs. But also one that wasn't in our grades then, but is now is the Eric Gordon extension. And that was four years, yeah. 76 million final season, non-guaranteed a year ahead of time. And that was a mistake. Well, imagine this, Danny, if they just kept Chris Paul and Chris Paul had turned in close to the season that he did in Oklahoma City, which we didn't know at the time. But even at the time, I said, hey, this is this trade is kind of more for because Chris Paul is going to be too old and he's not going to be good in the next couple of years. And and Westbrook's more likely from a durability standpoint to be run. Well, as it turned out, Westbrook was less durable than Chris Paul. And also Chris Paul was way better than him. And so in both this year and then he probably even is better than him the, the year after as well. And then you think of if they hold on to Chris Paul, do they need to make that Robert Covington trade? Like maybe not, right? Uh, so you consider that they gave up a first in that Covington trade. They gave up Clint Capella. They had already given up two firsts and a swap. Well, the swap the swap is pretty protected in 2025 uh, to get Russell Westbrook. If you think about if they just hold on to Chris Paul, what could they've gotten if they're willing to give up three first round picks and Clint Capella to try to get better? And maybe they could have actually competed with the Lakers had had they kept all those guys around. Um, so, I mean, to have given up that amount of treasure and to completely torpedo your franchise and end the Harden era, perhaps prematurely at the same time. And I mean, they could have even been a championship contender last year if they kept Chris Paul. And obviously they were not. Yeah, I don't think we have to spend a ton of time. The uh, um, Anything, no, there wasn't even, we, we brought up Macklemore, Rivers, and House. And, and Gerald Green got hurt. That sucks that it happened. Um, he would have been a, a bench player for them anyway. And yeah, I think the Gordon con- the Gordon extension was a mistake and kind of an underappreciated one. While I like Eric Gordon, that was a lot of money to commit a year early, especially with his injury history. And the team changed so dramatically. It, In some ways, I'm not saying it's as bad. It parallels the Kevin Love thing of, of the extension of you don't know where, you never know where your team is going to be a year from then. And when you commit to somebody at a, at a kind of a higher price, you're locking in a little bit more than you think. And I think that happens more with support players then it can be more damaging with support players. Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tux from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly. Because when you go somewhere else, you're not going to get something that's made for you. So why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom 
showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you. And not only does Indochino have the suits that made them famous, but now they've got everything. Blazers, pants, women's wear, outerwear, designed and made for you. Hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from. European wools, linen, cottons, tons of colors, tons of patterns. You can customize things like the lapel, the vents, the pockets, and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com. Use the code CAPSPACE. Use the CAPSPACE. We talk about all the time here on the program. You get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino. I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O. Indochino.com. And don't forget that CAPSPACE code to let them know that you came from us. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Start. The Clippers. The big... This is a tough one too. We actually were not as high on them as I thought we might have been. Uh, I, I, I gave only them, gave I, them a B. I, I gave them an A minus. Yeah. And I mean, I basically my my thesis of the Clippers has stayed pretty consistent, and then burned me to an extent in the 2020 playoffs. We'll see what happens. But the trade: Shea, Gildas Alexander, Gallo, Miami's first, the one that they acquired. That was an amazing piece of business to basically get that pick for Mo Harkless. Um, or get that pick for taking on, on Mo Harkless. Harkless. Yeah, taking on yeah, Mo Harkless. Because Miami, as you'll recall, needed to do the need to get out of the uh, blow the hard cap to uh, complete the Butler. Jimmy Butler trade. Um, so they traded Miami's 21 first. I protected first from Miami in 23. Their own 22, 24, and 26 plus two pick swaps for Paul George. And that it sounds like, especially due to pending litigation, it was integral in them signing reigning finals MVP Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I think that was well known at the time. But they also just got bent over by Sam Presti. And uh, to just, I mean, the value proposition of that trade was so bad. Uh, and especially now, given what Shea Gilgis Alexander has blossomed into, I didn't, I wasn't as high on Shea as many were at the time. And I was wrong about that you know he's looks like he could be on his path to being a, a multiple time all-star in okc as shooting really a, as and distribution have really improved a ton and then to also have to give up those miami picks and every possible pick that they could other than 2020 which they get credit for keep holding on to that and getting marcus morris with that pick uh and the picks ops in 23 and 25 now they're in a situation where they can't i mean to just have to give up literally everything i mean that's just so difficult when i, I think they missed read the room as far as like okc there's this thought of like oh you got to convince us to give up paul george right like nobody knew he was available and but he had actually already requested a trade and you know maybe there was obviously there's a concern that Kawhi was going to go to the lakers and if he had gone to the lakers that would have been a big problem for them and there's no way that the you know that basically would have locked up the nba championship for like the next four years or at least the western conference championship and this was kind of their one chance to really get a star and Kawhi leonard really wanted to be there so I understand 
understand why it went that way i still just if there had been and here's the other thing too you know their alternate if holding on to shea gilgis alexander and some of the guys that they had you know they probably would have been a mid-level playoff team in the west and they still would have had a, a bunch of assets uh, available they still get credit for getting that 2023 miami first even though they then immediately had to <laughs> had to punt on it um they the trade for kevin gailey trading phillies 2021 for kevin gailey at 27 was terrible like kevin gailey has already had his option decline he's basically hasn't figured for them at all to to make a trade for a guy of like oh this is the guy that we love and then to be so low on him that you don't even uh, pick up his third year rookie option i mean that's a disaster particularly considering again if you hold on to that philly 2021st what could you have gotten for that that maybe could have fixed it so you didn't lose to the denver nuggets in the second round of, of the playoffs so i give him a b right away to what they got doesn't look as good as it did they lost in the second round and this is kind of oh, it's kind of a two-year window for them it looked like initially and now they have this paul george extension too we'll see how that works out and then so what they got looks worse and what they gave up looks better so i went from a b down to a c plus i mean they still made themselves a championship contender for a couple of years that is worth something but i i'm i'm at a b minus yeah. and the the other parts that i want to mention uh they re-signed patrick beverly on a totally reasonable contract he's getting like 13 million a year zubats for seven million a year yeah that was solid yeah totally fine um jamichael green they ended up only having the room exception for him but he took it for on a one on a one plus one and then he left but so be it that that is what happened and, and he could have had a larger role with this team if they hadn't acquired morris i give them some credit for retaining that pick and then using it to actually get better morris ended up getting a big contract but that's what happens when you're when you're a good team and steve Ballmer's money he doesn't care yeah now their alternative might have been waiting until 2021 free agency but as we have seen that obviously uh has not really worked out uh to have anybody in that class so uh, i mean I, i'm not sure that they would have been on the path to a championship contender and we still have we still don't have enough information to know how this is going to turn out they win the championship this year it was all worth it this is an a if they lose and Kawhi leonard leaves then it becomes a, a d minus here's here's the question i have for you if they lose and Kawhi leonard stays how would you think about it oh i think i i, I would think pretty good about it um you know I, I think they like just to have that level of player on your team and to not have him time. on the team next door which would have created a dynasty yeah and who knows how real that really was it, it kind of it seems maybe this is all just in retrospect but it, it just seems so unlikely to me that Kawhi would have wanted to go to like team clutch with lebron and ad and just basically have ended up being but would, he have, would he have maybe there. have stayed in stayed in toronto i mean i i don't if i could get truth serum on any question one of them would be what was what was his order you know like would it like would he have stayed in- it, 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 i mean it, but that's and, and then you get into the well hey like should they have called sam Presti's bluff could they have communicated better to Kawhi and say hey we are going to get you paul george we're going to get you somebody we have the assets to do it just don't make us give up all this shit because we can we can be way better yeah yeah and now maybe Kawhi said no screw you like you have to do it now or i'm not signing and i mean you don't want to be in a situation where someone that you are desperately trying to sign with you you're in a situation of calling his bluff so i i completely i i sympathize with them and the situation that they were in and great job by sam presti taking advantage of it but you know i think i mean if you had to say there's no way you can give him a better grade now than you did back then right like it looks worse now than it did at the time yeah and i get i downgraded them a full a full letter the lakers 
Lakers, the most important thing here is the Anthony Davis trade. The terms, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, the number four pick, the Lakers 2021 first, and then the 2024 first, which could which could defer a year, and a swap in 23 for Anthony Davis. They ended up including Wagner, Bonga, and Jones to Washington in the deal to retain cap space. We'll talk about that separately. Yeah, that's uh, Jamario Jones, by the way, in case everyone wanted to, anyone wanted to know what flavor of Jones that was. And that was a lot to give up for Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis was then the best defensive player in the playoffs, and they won the championship. Yeah, and so he resigned. I, yeah. What did you have for them initially? D plus. And I, I assume it'll be a little higher now. A minus. Yeah, that's that's what I went up to as well. I had a B minus. You and I uh, disagreed on this significantly. I mean, I said still they got AD. They're a championship contender. They weren't before. Certainly, the who were they bidding against at that point? They gave up too much, etc. Well, the biggest reason concern. we disagreed was actually something else, and that was Frank Vogel. And that's the other reason why they're like I I didn't like Frank Vogel. I thought that the kid thing was a big problem that worked out beautifully for them yeah no frank vogel did a really really good job for them um now what they gave up to new orleans the brandon ingram obviously blossomed he had the greatest one season shooting performance increase in nba history so it's hard to blame them too much for being willing to move on to him and also he just because of salary matching he just basically had to be in the deal uh or, or well i guess that's not true they could have just taken anthony davis into space and held on to some of these guys but then they also would have had to go more draft picks or, or whatever and ingram as he was at the time would have been a miserable fit with lebron and ad just not being able to shoot it uh and then the number four pick if you just look at who is available at that time that realistically was going to get drafted there's nobody really i mean that ended up becoming deandre hunter it could have been i guess uh darius garland or kobe white i mean the, none of those guys are looking like total superstars to where like but you know, i mean you usually... can also remember what the pelicans got for the fourth pick yeah yeah i mean they ended up getting uh eight and 17 and 35 and getting the hawks to uh, give up solomon hill um and they also actually got two Cavs second rounders uh, as well or get, got the hawks to take on solomon hill but uh and the the wagner bonga jones thing wagner and bonga actually you know are not were okay but i mean it wasn't the end of the world to lose yeah and they used guys. that cap space to get danny green i know that danny green is partially reviled in certain laker circles but that i mean he was an important part of their championship team not maybe as important as, huh. as some hope and I just I didn't like a lot of the Lakers moves on on the margins and a lot of those ended up coming up really well DeMarcus Cousins got hurt don't really blame him for that Avery Bradley opted out of the bubble which is a wild kind of factor in this but yeah but Tay- he was he was fine sure. for you know four yeah. million with the second year player but, option but drafting Taylor Horton Tucker that's looking good KCP Caruso JaVale McGee Rondo while the player option barrage was not great and that was another reason I didn't like the Lakers offseason they gave so much power to those yeah. to those players and, and that did hurt them yeah. as well to not be able to make any moves with salary matching and also the way that they structured the pick or, or the trade with the Pels meant that they couldn't trade a first rounder so they couldn't get in on the Marcus Morris sweepstakes although his brother actually ended up helping them out pretty well sure but KCP was the third best player on, on their team playoff Rondo was a, a huge part of their success Caruso did well JaVale McGee was an important was an important part of it so and none of those guys were on like terrible contracts a lot of them were on very good contracts I think that worked out well replacing Luke Walton for, with Frank Ogle was the right decision even though i criticized it at the time yeah and, and we were critical of them not getting Ty Lue or monty williams and i think those guys probably could have been pretty good too but uh i think frank vogel is a better defensive coach than either of those guys and that's really what 
won them the championship was him uh, being a big part of them instituting that defensive culture right from the jump so um, what, did, what did you change yeah. to so I, I i moved up to an a minus as well i had a b minus initially um a few other things that are worth noting here though you know we didn't like rondo he ended up being a key part of what they're doing um and it looks like we were Dwight Howard it looks like a, we were right really good for one. so long sorry what's that with rondo it looks like we were right for such a long time yeah and then he came and then in we were really he, wrong yeah and he completely changed the, that rocket series yeah and they brought in dwight he was a competitor for the last roster spot got it and then ran away ran away being an important part of it and that counts in their offseason too even though we didn't consider it too much i think we did these grades before those kind of moves yeah now another thing that they didn't do was trade kyle kuzma i think in retrospect they probably should have done that i think his value has gone down that uh, either to have included him in the new orleans trade and kept more future assets or to have moved him in some other kind of a deal where they could have gotten a more veteran help. Right. And um, while and while the Lakers won the championship and deserve full credit for that, it could have been a different story if they had faced better opposition. And so like yes, the Kuz, yeah, the that's Kuz, a great point. And, the Kuzma situation the, could have been a much bigger deal, but they avoided a lot of the best team. Yeah, as could I mean they still had some things where they shot themselves in the foot unnecessarily, like the player options not being able to trade and giving up maybe a little bit more than they needed to in the, the AD trade, although given what's been given up in some of these other trades that looks positively delightful well, and, right now to have only given up two picks and the lakers had a reasonable expectation which has since been confirmed that anthony davis was going to resign and i firmly believe that he would have resigned even if they had not won the championship and so then you're not just getting ad on a rental the way as some other teams would if you were getting him for the long term and i believe he's going to be the foundation of the lakers for a while even after lebron becomes i don't know less cyborgish yeah now you might say that by waiting out Kawhi, they kind of cost themselves a, a little bit and that that was just a bad idea but i think you you still have to try and do oh that. yeah i, I uh, don't downgrade them at all for that i think that was yeah. a worthy and, and, and i mean i think I think I wrote this at the time. You were way lower on them because I think you thought they gave up too much in the AD trade and the coaching thing. I thought I thought they only had two moves that I didn't really care for in a vacuum, um, which were Javale and Rondo, and those guys actually turned out to be totally fine. Uh, and the other thing we can say too is that they retained Rob Polinka as GM. That was a big part that I was down on instead of going after a real GM. And they had that total dysfunction in the spring uh, of 2019. And as it turned out, Polinka, I don't know how much of this all this the moves that they've done since then has been responsible he's been responsible for but they obviously have, have done a totally good job and he hasn't at least stopped them for he hasn't gotten in the way of gm lebron too much so uh and then they got they got ad to resign obviously for the the long contract um yeah so a minus and i mean the only re- there are just a few things on the margins that you know could have been better but they certainly got the big stuff right um this is one again i i think we don't need to revisit it too much uh, because I, I gave him an A at the time, and I think they're right in that range again. Yeah, Memphis Grizzlies. from Memphis. So the, the biggest move they made was the Connolly trade. They traded Connolly for Crowder, Corver, Grayson Allen, the number 23 pick, and a future Utah first, likely 22. They also got a protected Warriors first for to take on Iguodala for a few months. Remember, the, the subsequent Iguodala-Crowder trade does not count in this because that was not during the offseason. But then the other important thing was Taylor Jenkins. And I look, so I, I gave them an A then, and Jenkins, I feel even 
better. I feel much better about him now than I did then yeah. because we didn't know anything. Yeah, no, he's been really good this year. He was really good last year. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I would move them up to an A plus from an A. They really didn't do anything that I didn't like. Yeah, drafted. Uh, I mean, job they don't get a ton of credit there because they bumped up in the lottery. They took the right guy. And yeah. that's, the, you know, like the, it was it was the right decision, but it wasn't exactly a difficult one. But moving up to get Brandon Clark, I think that that looks pretty good. He's He's been a productive part of their yeah. team. And they didn't have to give up. They gave up a, a 20 24 second to go from 23 to, to 21 so that was kind of related to the yeah. trade. G- getting jay crowder in the mike conley trade ended up being pretty important mm-hmm. um now they th- i mean he they flipped them for winslow and that hasn't worked so far but uh you know he actually helped them be good while he was there and the iguodala thing looks uh, just as good as, as it did and uh the they also basically got d'anthony melton in a salary dump that yeah looks, and that was, that, that was fantastic uh, as well um and they picked up some seconds there i mean even trading Chandler Parsons for Solomon Hill and Miles Plumley yeah. was a good deal. Like Solomon Hill actually played for them a little bit last year as well, and, and ended up. Uh, and and as it turned out, Hill was part of that deal with Miami, where you know part of the idea was, oh, it'll be easier to trade these two smaller contracts. They ended up waving Plumley as it turned out, but uh, you know if they had had kept Parsons, they may not have been able to make that Miami trade work salary wise. So um, and, and then Valanciunas, whom they ended up extending uh, or signing a new contract. No, no, he. he he opted out and then the, i mean it was essentially an extension i think but like he opted out and they signed a new contract but uh you know the, he's been really good he's been a big part of their success he's not you know a great playoff player at the highest level but he gives them really needed offense at that position for a team that's lacking in offense in other ways and good rebounder so uh, yeah, and then that- the gm change as well i mean like that mm-hmm. uh zach Kleiman has been really good so uh, who was totally unknown and we worried about his abilities and they, i think he they've they've been doing a pretty good job there again uh Kleiman at, at another really good draft it looks like so far this year with uh, Bain and Tillman. Speaking of teams that changed general managers in the 2019 offseason, Minnesota hired Garrison Rosas to replace I mean, Thibodeau had already been tra- had been canned, but basically to functionally replace Thibodeau. And the first big move I would argue that Rosas did was retaining Ryan Saunders. I would argue that has not worked out. I think I think Saunders is the worst coach in the NBA, and that's not necessarily because like he's he's not as actively bad as some of the other coaches I've thought were the worst coach in the NBA. But he also doesn't bring much positive to the table. There's no real defensive identity. The guys like him, but they don't particularly play too hard for him. Um, and their offense hasn't been hasn't been as creative as I hope, though they've missed for a period of time yeah and drafting Jarrett culver at number six was bad you know I, we were saying they should have drafted kobe white instead uh, i i thought it was a good move to move up to six but then they just didn't take the guy that they wanted and then uh you know that uh, uh the russell trade also w- was bad and that's not part of this but hiring gerson rosas the guy who made that trade is part of this and if they had drafted kobe white then maybe they wouldn't have needed to make that russell trade and try to get something at point guard also even dario Saric would really help Help this team right now or even just staying put and having drafted camp johnson at, at 11 uh and holding on to sharks because they have this team has no force yeah much much less tyler hero i mean you don't have to go into like oh you could have taken the best player on the board yeah. like that's the, they also exchanged uh well I, I guess that was later on that they traded gorgie jang for yeah that doesn't count for, for james johnson but uh you know well, they also have no backup center right now gorgie jang they actually played pretty well when when he was out there so and so i thought oh well you know at least they're like kind of doing some more like rocketsy stuff on the margins like jordan bella noah vonley ty wallace those guys are uh, chas napier those guys are trevian Graham are decent flyers 
flyers and even the things that i liked and none of those flyers ended up working out which happens that's why they're a flyer but uh they, they also elected not to match a an offer sheet on tyus jones which again might have been nice to just to, to have him around a steady backup point guard and they, they, and they like did they a sign they that. did a sign and trade for jake layman paying layman yeah, that's that's been a waste about three and a half million a year for three years um so yeah i gave them a c at the time i moved that down to a d minus and the way I put it is there were th- four big decisions. Uh, moving up in the draft, drafting Culver, hiring Rosas, and retaining Saunders. I think they went one for three. The one being the move up, which they ended up taking taking the wrong guy. Yeah, well, I mean, they moved up to take Culver. I'm not sure that you can that you can separate. I mean, they could have taken out. they could have taken Kobe White. The right, same- but they I mean they they wouldn't have moved up uh, if they weren't trying to go and get Culver specifically. They would have been much better. I mean, they would have been much better off with Sharich and eleven than Jarrett Culver. Correct? Yeah, and I think. I think they would have been better off with Sharch and 11 than Kobe White too. I'm not the biggest Kobe White. Yeah, we'll see. I think he's he could have helped guys a little bit, but uh, you know, and uh, but I mean, I think the biggest thing is that Rosas and Saunders, uh, and in particular Rosas has done a really bad job. I think I, I I can't remember what I gave him this last year too, but it was it was like F ish, you know, with the Anthony Edwards thing, and like I mean, basically every major move that Rosas has made is terrible so far. So yeah, straight F. Pelicans is weird because the biggest thing they did is the Davis trade. He went through the terms there, but then they also did that move with the Hawks where they traded for and basically Solomon Hill to dump him. So that's a positive for New Orleans for 8, 17, 35. And that and they drafted Zion, they drafted Jackson Hayes at number eight. And well, and they also hired David Griffin. Um, so while I don't love where the Pelicans are, I'm still I gave them an A and I'm still giving them an A. I feel completely similarly, even though I think things look worse for them. We can throw into their offseason waving Christian. Wood. Yes. Uh, they also did not extend Brandon Ingram and I think that was that would have been really tough to do at the time uh, that was one of those ones where just due to his health issues it, it didn't really make sense for either side to do it like for Ingram to take something that was going to be low I mean you know I, I don't know where those negotiations ended up but if they're uh, I would imagine that Ingram wouldn't have considered anything less than 20 million a year and you know I'm not sure the Pels were willing to go there but then they ended up having to max him obviously which was not amazing uh, and but they did pretty well on the ad trade and like that only looks better now to have gotten ingram which who we didn't think was that good at the time now and i still in terms of just the value i thought they really i mean to that number four pick there wasn't anyone there that was going to be so good anyway so why not move down drafting jackson hayes that looks terrible i mean we talked about how awful he was in that jazz game like he's just he's not developing he's a terrible fit with zion they already knew that they had zion um they uh you know drafting Nikhil alexander walker that's starting to come around a little bit now the trade for Derek favors i think was pretty solid he obviously really helped them last year when they're trying to make the playoffs uh the nicola melly contract not so good uh, i think we can say and now they're kind of up against the tax he having him prevented them from having a little more wiggle room using part of their mid-level to get somebody who would have been better than him this year um so uh, w- what else do we need to talk about on this one not firing alvin gentry yeah but i think griffin wanted maybe wanted a little bit more time to identify the right person yeah i mean he had a lot of stature in the organization after kind of shepherding them through the ad saga and another part to mention is that hiring david griffin also brought some real benefits off the court because he convinced ownership to spend more money and improve their medical staff and some of their facility stuff but i think there will be real benefits there and that that is a positive for the organization so yeah even though they did a few things i genuinely hated getting that return for anthony davis was phenomenal getting an even getting another strong return to move down from number four 
four to number eight was was strong. They drafted the wrong guy at eight, but they, at least that part of it was good. Then Nikhil worked out. Nikhil's a nice piece of it. So yeah, I yeah. So I'm still well, and just hiring Griffin as well, despite the fact that he just really seems to struggle with big men and the theory of the team. I mean, that is a concern to me for sure. But he also just completely killed it with the holiday trade as well. He handled that situation absolutely perfectly. So he, he's still getting most of the big shit right. And so, uh, yes, it looks, you know, some of the things don't look as good. But, I mean, they also got an all-star in exchange for Anthony Davis, which you didn't think they had at the time. So uh, the big stuff is big enough in magnitude that you got to stick with the A, I think. Yep. And, it, and the only reason it's not an A+, plus is because they keep, like, fucking up the center stuff. The only reason it's not an A, yeah, yeah. And speaking of A-pluses... I don't give them, but the Oklahoma City Thunder would have gotten one then, would have gotten it now. We already talked about the two big things they did. That was the Paul George trade and the Russell Westbrook trade. They also got a first for Jeremy Grant, which from Oklahoma City's perspective, I think looks very good because they, I think they sold high on a pending free agent. You know, Grant had that player option and they drafted, moving down two spots and drafting Darius Baisley is the only thing. And Baisley's fine. Like I I, I like Brandon Clark more. We'll just have to see with that. But this is a spectacular offseason, a franchise defining one for the you know the next half decade for Sam Preston. yeah and it also I think the fact that they were able to establish this direction and then to continue to lean into it as well and pick up a ton more assets and hey by the way they actually got Chris Paul and they fucking made the playoffs oh. last year like they got a playoff season after they made this move uh and they get they got a better player for giving up Westbrook and you know, they probably I think the team that they had was probably better than if they had just retained Westbrook and George so they got better and they got this crazy treasure trope Shea looks even better than he did at the time that they got him uh, I, I like I know they traded what ended up being Brandon Clark for Baisley but I think Baisley makes more sense for what they're trying to do as an organization I think he has a higher upside than Clark even if he, he hasn't produced as much he's also way younger and he, he's a very intriguing talent the grant for the Denver 2020 first which I think that ended up being what that 25. was yeah and that but then what happened to it after that oh i think that that it ended up being in the uh the pokashevsky trade yeah i believe you're right yeah because they had 25 and 28 uh but we got to really downgrade them for signing mike Biscala because he cost them a a first round (laughs) draft pick but yeah i i had an a before i'm gonna go for a plus this time yeah if i gave them i would give it to him i don't believe in that phoenix great inflation man it's real i mean there are high schools where kids have like a 5.5 gpa or some shit these days screw that um the sun the sun's it was divisive then it's divisive now so i gave them a straight f before and even though there were things in their offseason that i liked and while there's still a lot that i like morally for a team that gave away tj warren with a draft pick i can't go that much higher like it, it's wild like they there were a lot of things that worked out monty williams for for Kokoshkov, i would say maybe top of that list and cam johnson as much as it was lampooned you and i hadn't seen cam johnson so we didn't really factor that in too much at that point um yeah i think we had seen him in summer we'd seen him in summer league. Point. yeah and, um, and obviously the josh jackson fiasco was another thing where they had to give him up uh to get corver to get enough to get their salary low enough so they could pick up rubio we didn't think rubio was gonna work out yeah, but as it turned me- out he was in that too right right yeah they lost melon they got javon carter back which at least slightly salvaged it but uh rubio we didn't care for that signing the idea was where the hell are you going with this guy and I, this is another one where i thought they should have taken kobe white and uh, i mean you really to to evaluate that path traveled they probably they could have held on to tj warren as well if they had just taken 
Kobe White at six as they had and that you know what whether Kobe White and TJ Warren and more flexibility well here's does- here's another basic one they traded Milwaukee's 2021st for 24 and Aaron Baines and while 24 and Aaron Baines is probably better that was a bunch of salary too yeah that's that's true I I mean I did like that move for them but as it turned out Ty Jerome didn't really figure and probably was viewed as negative salary in that deal with OKC they re-signed Herb- Oubre two for 30 I think that that was a totally fine deal uh and he ended up being in, in that okc trade for chris paul yeah i'm just i i have no if it were let's say they had kelly Oubre and tj warren and mikhail bridges as their their main guys on the wing I mean, they did desperately need something at point guard as well they, they certainly wouldn't have been as good last year with kobe white like rubio helped them get better but they could have then had a better draft pick this year as well the the number 10 but they there's a feeling like they needed to turn the corner i i really i'm just not sure and they're they got chris paul now they're gonna make the playoffs this year probably which we wouldn't have expected is their long-term future better i mean tj warren is a really good player but he wasn't that good until he got to indiana and and he actually started defending, which I don't know if Monty Williams would have gotten him to do that. Maybe he would have. It's just really too hard to know, but they clearly are much improved. They were much improved last year, which we didn't necessarily think they would be. And then they're going to make the playoffs this year. We didn't think they're on that path. I gave him an F plus initially. I got to move him a little bit above water, at least with the C plus, even with the number of moves they made that kind of like shot themselves in the foot. I moved them up from an F to a C minus. And I, uh, the part that made, I was originally going to go with the C that moved it down a little bit was some of the stuff on the margins, you know, like Diallo, LeCue, Frank Kaminsky, none of that stuff really worked out either. And Ty Jerome, like they had the 20, they got the 24th pick and that was better than the Bucks pick, but they also squandered it. And that that's a challenge. And maybe injuries were a part of that. But anyway, but my, like the, the things that were right here were really right. I mean, Monty Williams did a wonderful job as their coach. Rubio worked out reasonably well, but like TJ Warren is a better player than Ricky Rubio. And they gave up the 32nd pick to offload him when he has like, yeah. I mean, but he, he was wasn't at the time I, i'm not like yeah. tj warren made some very unexpected improvements last year he did but he was i mean you and i both saw him as a rotation level player at bare minimum and i mean not this sure. but it, he, yeah. he had also struggled to stay healthy and he's struggling to stay healthy again this year sure. now so uh, I, and i do th- like monty has been really good for them offensively like the fact that like who would have expected that the phoenix suns would be leading the league in assists for the, these last two years like he really has changed their offensive culture there like this is a team that had like no passing um he's brought in some accountability and just stability to the organization and james jones i think we really we rated retaining him negatively and then he did all this stuff that was really weird in the offseason we thought and that appears to not be correct and i think james jones has did a good job again this last he doesn't do it the same way that we would but he did a good job this last offseason as well and so that obviously that part of the grade has to come up also speaking of not doing it the way that we would portland trailblazers the blazers um neil o'shea the biggest moves were retaining damian lillard and cj mccollum via lucrative extensions so we can start there yeah those i think both actually look a little bit better than they did i would agree like both those guys uh, lillard took another step forward last year and mccollum was looking great of course neither of those extensions even kick in until next year right <laughs> so let's and, C- let's and cj and cj theoretically like i mean i thought he had a disappointing 1920 he's looking great like th- this yeah. this like there are a couple teams where this is true but like us not doing this at the normal timing i think makes portland's offseason grade higher because cj looked so good to Fair. start the year Fair. but 
Um, that's, that's the same point. It's just when we're doing it. I just wanted to note it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, they were in a little bit of trouble because Nurkic was going to be out. Um, and they also were struggling with the tax. They didn't really have a, they could have used the mini mid level, uh, but they, they didn't. They brought back Rodney. I actually know they used the mini mid level, I think, to bring back Rodney Hood. Or did they give him, I can't remember whether they used uh, non bird on, on him to bring him back. But, but in any event, that he was kind of in that salary slot of around five but clearly it would seem that they agreed to him that on his one plus one that he would opt out and then they would give him a lot more money the next year like that was clearly a wink wink deal because there's no way he was worth that coming off a torn achilles they clearly just felt like they had to honor that so that actually becomes part of this grade now and a bad one but they couldn't have matched the contract that the Mavs gave to Seth Curry they just they didn't have a way to give him that that much money under the salary cap legally um I think you know choosing Curry over Hood probably would have been better in the end I think the other thing you have to point to is the move for Hassan Whiteside, where they gave up. Alfred Camino was a free agent. They, I think it made sense to not re-sign him, as it turned out. But I think giving up Harkless for Hassan Whiteside, I think Harkless would have actually helped them more than Hassan Whiteside last year if they could have just tried to find something else. And particularly, remember, too, that we didn't know that Zach Collins was going to miss all of last year with the shoulder issue. Like, they could have just made Zach Collins the starting five and just got a backup five in and not ever made that trade for Whiteside. Um, they also moved on from Myers Leonard. Myers Leonard could have at least have, like, you know, given them a little bit of innings eating even if he's not that good turner for basemore i think works out worked out well for them no well no it didn't honestly i, I mean i guess turner both those guys were awful like that that was a move that they just kept basemore just forgot how to play basketball in a portland uniform and hit shots but here, he here's why i'm saying it worked out basemore held his value enough that they were able to get a reason for it and yeah turner, that's, turner that's true didn't. yeah and, the, and they saved money by moving uh basemore for Ariza in the end but uh, yeah so i mean turner literally didn't play at all last year uh and was a disaster disaster with the with the Hawks and getting him off the team I think was clearly helping he's retired now uh, so I, I gave him a D plus initially I think as you go back to it that McCollum extension so what did that end up being that was another three years 100 basically million. 100 million yeah three 100 for him and something I, like four he would probably get more than that he would probably get more than that this offseason there's so much money around the league now or, or I mean he might get a fourth year maybe not quite as much but look at what Gordon Hayward just got right so so that that extension now that might be whatever his free agent contract might be might be just as bad as uh, as well, and, uh, Hayward and also being, worth but. noting so I moved them up from a D to a C minus and a yeah. part of it was also like Rodney Hood got hurt but that's no one's fault like that that hurt them yeah. a little but, bit but they were just so like to, this idea that they were going to come in and be a championship contender trading for Hassan Whiteside and that they just over prioritized center traded away Harkless who I think was better than him for them and would have been and then they had to bring in Carmelo like like they just had not like the Mario Hazonia acquisition as a, a, a backup four like they just had so little at the forward position as you had railed against for years and i was like hey you're not giving them enough credit but obviously i agreed with you last year so i i gave him a d plus at the time i probably would just lower that to a straight d interesting in the end i thought the the white side trade was just terrible like he he especially because they could have just stuck with zach collins there and nobody knew that zach collins I mean, was gonna get hurt. especially like the thing with white side is if you're going to white side was a wonderful fit for the drop coverage game but the whole point 
point of running something like that is that you don't have to use the resources to get somebody there if you don't if you don't have the right guy already. And so using that any other way could have been you could just yeah. well, well, here's another thing too. Uh, they could have tried to get out in the trade market to bolster the forward position sure. as they did this year with Robert Covington. Why didn't they just do that last year? Maybe not Robert Covington, but someone who could have played a little bit. That would have been nice. I, I mean, they could yeah, also- and, and maybe that the, they could have moved Myers Leonard or Mo Harkless for someone like that. So yeah, I moved him down to a D from a D plus. You actually moved them up. I moved them up because like, the, looks, extent, the extensions are the, extensions the most important better. thing and they look better. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they, those still could be pretty bad. The Kings, this is by far my biggest downgrade of anyone. I actually gave them a B minus last year, which looks fucking stupid in retrospect. Um, I moved them all the way down to an F plus because I think literally everything that they did There's one exception. was bad except for Rashawn Holmes. Holmes. Yeah, so the most important firing Dave Yeager and hiring Luke Walton that really has not worked out for them remember Sacramento didn't have their own first round pick that in many cases would be would be the one uh and we also yeah maybe when like Luke Walton was involved in like sexual misconduct allegations which to be fair have not been proven in any way but that might have been an indication that this was he might not have been the right hire they the signings for the Kings Holmes worked out Ariza did not Deadman did not Joseph did not they drafted Justin James TBD Kyle Guy and you know just a bunch of stuff late and then the two things i wanted to like i think are worth delving a little bit into harrison barnes got four years 85 million how are we feel i'm feeling better about that now than i did i'm still not feeling great about it yeah it's just getting competence at that spot is if you don't have it and just ask the portland trailblazers about this of how much it can just completely kill your team now they do barnes is still best as a four so much of what they did was kind of trying to build around marvin bagley and he obviously did not prove to be worth that it did have an injury hit year and he's had a couple of nice games here but obviously not somewhere like oh this is going to be our second best player no one thinks that is going to be the case anymore the Barnes one at least to have it be declining that was good it was a little bit of an overpay I like that one didn't kill well, me and then, I, I would give that deal that move like a C minus sure and the other big one though which was not a part of our grades then because it happened after but he healed four years 94 million yeah I mean it, with incentives it probably will end up dropping to four for 86 yeah. but uh, unless he can meet some of those incentives but yeah that's obviously one of the more toxic contracts at this point in time and not only that but he also spent all of last year you're complaining after getting that contract and clashing with Luke Walton. Well, and if you if they didn't if they did first of all if they didn't extend Buddy Heald, then he wouldn't have had the le- the leverage to complain as much as he did. And also, Heald would have even if even if Divots or let's say Monty McNair still gets the job, they could have wielded match rights. Maybe you even bring him back at a much lower cost, and then they could have retained Bogdanovich, which that, would have they been extended fun. they extended Vladdy Divots. That's that's pretty hilarious. Um, yeah. So I I, I moved. To, I moved them from a C minus. I was lower on their offseason than you, but still too high. Yeah. And I, I thought Joseph and Deadman were actually going to be pretty helpful to them because they'd been terrible the year before with Fox off the floor. And Deadman, the idea of him next to Bagley, he was one of the few guys out there who could shoot and protect the rim. As it turned out, he just was completely done, which I didn't really foresee. He'd been pretty good for Atlanta the, the previous year. They didn't foresee it either. Uh, you know, I, I thought Ariza could give them something. He didn't. And then as soon as he and Bazemore switched uniform, they actually like rediscovered how to play and but Holmes was decent I mean the only thing that's making this not just a straight F was the Holmes signing yes San Antonio the biggest thing that happened for them was getting completely screwed by Marcus Morris remember that they were they had already agreed to bring in Damari Carroll 
But then they structured, they had to structure that as a sign-in trade where they sent Davis Bertans to the Washington Wizards. Well, well they, they would have had to do that regardless. Uh, well, I guess not. No, I guess that's true, right? Because if they had just only signed Carroll, they could have just signed him with the, the mid-level. Mid exactly. So I, and then Morris... After the trade has already happened, Morris breaks his word and signs yeah, with the I, Knicks instead. I, by the way, I, I'm going to give him an A-plus for his 2019 offseason, yes. though, because <laughs> he probably made himself about 60. I mean, what was what did he sign for? It was like three years at, at the mid-level, so like less than $30 million, and he got way more for last year. I think it was $15 million, and then he signed for $64 million with the Clippers. Yeah, so, it was two for 20 was the original yeah. deal that he agreed to. And, and, oh, two for 20. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, maybe after this year, he would have been in position for a pretty decent contract but you know i think he probably at a minimum he probably made himself 40 million actually and is on a title contender like i mean that's that's a material yeah. but so i don't downgrade the spurs for that much because there's no real way to see it well, coming. well they, they basically picked they picked damari carroll over davis Bertans. well i yeah, well but then they would have had to broken they would have had to break their word because they had already agreed with carroll before they'd agreed with carroll and more and then and then morris agreed and that's when they did the trade i they would have had to break their agreement with carol which they could have done i mean it just happened well to well I, I think no I, I don't i don't know if that's the case but but I, yeah i mean i, I guess the, the timing was in their mind it was probably that they were doing morris and carol for Breton. sure and but, but but morris didn't really make any sense for these guys anyway he's too old um Bertans was really good for for them now so they weren't getting as much out of Bertans as they could have I actually didn't mind their season that much I thought Carroll would actually be solid for them he's another one of these guys who just like completely lost it all of a sudden I mean it, it, the these guys like him and Deadman they lost it so quickly that like I don't even want to say that it's fair to them or they just lost playing times so I don't even know is it's fair to say to them that they can't play anymore because we didn't even see enough of them to come to that Damari Carroll who is getting paid six point two million by the Spurs this year yeah he got he got waived before last year was even over right um now their draft Keldon Johnson at 29 was awesome he's gonna be a starter for them for a long time Lucas Shamanich at what was he 19 yeah that looks it looks like he can't play um and, and he, he was one of these guys where I never really quite bought the theory of him either yeah we uh, saw him at the hoop summit and I just went meh back in the day I don't even really remember him being at the hoop summit that it might have <laughs> yeah I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I saw him and, and other people I think why I watched him was other people had told me to watch him and I'm like I, I didn't see it very much they gave Rudy Gay yeah. two years 29 million yeah, yeah that seems again this is this was a chance kind of for them to pick more of a direction and they didn't uh and particularly given how good some of these young guys are but you know, the yeah. sorry i was gonna mention the other big things they did dejounte murray for 464 is i know that there were people who fawned all over it at the time and remember he was coming back from that acl tear but i still have the same misgivings i did then which is that but what would you grade just that transaction now 16 million for a point guard that is good defensively but can't really run your offense like a C minus D plus yeah C minus is where I'm at he still could could make some more strides like he's a useful well. NBA player but the problem is he's not good at the most important thing that people his size usually do yeah his shooting's gotten a little better but it, it's a, a work in progress uh, obviously and Kundari Weatherspoon I, I I still think he'll be heard from in some fashion even though he was late in the second round they also brought in Brian Wright officially replacing RC Buford and I'm not not sure how how I feel about Wright it does seem like as soon as he became involved things kind of took a turn for the worse they also didn't really as far as we know make any effort to trade demar Derozan or lamarcus aldridge which in retrospect if they could have gotten anything for those guys would have been worth it they had made the playoffs the previous year they 
they again wanted to be competitive but i think they kind of almost underestimated what the incumbent players could do and they felt like those guys are the core of their team and when yeah when they're on the floor together they're they've been basically negative since DeRozan has gotten to san antonio yeah and not extending Jakob Pertl, i think that was totally fine it ended up yep yeah they, they got him back on a, a that kind of standard young center contract seven million a year i, I think it's more like yeah it's, it's uh four for 32 right yeah so a little bit so i i gave him a b minus initially and i moved that down to a d plus maybe that's being too harsh considering that they got johnson and he you know if he can be a long-term starter for them on the wing at that position to get him at 29 maybe that trumps everything yep. else then that's why i moved them up from a c minus to a c because keldon johnson is the most important thing yeah all right i'll, I'll move them to a c minus the bertans thing was just such a miserable move though and regardless of i wonder this i don't want to spend a lot of time on it but the hypothetical of what davis bertans free agency would have looked like in 2020 if he had finished last season on the spurs i mean he wouldn't have had the he wouldn't have fired away he wouldn't have had the team that had the, the like the kind of leverage though san antonio could have paid him if they wanted actually they didn't have a ton of wiggle room under the tax let's move on to the jazz here and this one i feel pretty i don't think anything that much has happened to change my opinion on this do you feel similarly i do though this is the other team worth noting in the west that if we had done these grades before the start of if we had done them before the start of this season i probably would have felt worse about Connolly. but he's had a wonderful start to the year I, i thought he i thought the last couple weeks of the regular season last year and then the bubble i thought he actually yeah i think i said this even that he was evolving into the guy that they traded for and the bogdanovich signing looks totally fine for them it sucked that he missed the bubble but yeah well he looks pretty decrepit this year so far and this wrist issue maybe that's what it is but he he was certainly worth it last year and hopefully he can get back to that but again last year was kind of the good year for for him that's and that one is is it's again that was one of those what the hell else are you going to do and getting two seconds for favors so that they could clear the cap space to do the Connolly deal it's totally fine um though those two warrior seconds might end up looking better i mean they might be tastier than than we thought um the other the the other thing so i moved them from a b to a b minus and i thought about factoring this in more these moved Derek favors but then replacing Derek favors became a total disaster because they signed ed davis and then ed davis couldn't he got hurt and he just couldn't play and so then they put tony bradley in. bradley did okay but that ended up being a big problem for them yeah it did and that killed them in the playoffs when rudy gobert was off the floor but it didn't i think that the ed davis thing was something that we liked at the time he'd been good for brooklyn the previous year another guy one of these signings who just role players who got signed in the summer of 2019 that just inexplicably lost it he did have that fracture i think in his in his i can't remember it was his shin or his knee early on but he already had been playing poorly and i do think the signing maybe he was set up to fail a little bit because he's not really a great pick and roll center he's kind of more of an offensive rebounder garbage guy around the rim and so they run the most pick and roll in the league so maybe that's something that they probably should figure it out the, the other thing i i give him a b plus initially i'm downgrading them to a b uh is because trading jay crowder rather than dante exum in the memphis deal i think really really hurt them last year and yes memphis may not have been interested in exum and they he would have been ahead another year at nine million but hopefully they could have just negotiated a little bit harder because memphis was trying to tank what did they need jay crowder for last year and yet crowder would have been so 
helpful for them last season when they just had no athleticism on the wing as a, a backup four and he made the same money as Exum. so uh, having to give him up like a veteran player who helps in a deal with a rebuilding team that just that kind of that's just not supposed to have to happen and it did so i uh, th- they there was some concern maybe conley would opt out that obviously didn't happen uh jeff green they remember jeff green was on the jazz and we thought he would actually be a pretty decent signing yet another guy who just completely forgot how to play and then goes somewhere else and he was good again uh emmanuel moutier was uh, did not good uh, <laughs> no he was not as as their backup point guard but they ended up just making donovan mitchell their backup point guard which ended up being fine so i moved him down from a b plus to a b there was some hope that they could be you know maybe a dark horse contender in the west last year that didn't end up materializing well this was fun anything you want to talk about before we go i'll, I'll mention for dunked on prime subscribe total access subscribers i'm going to be doing a chat early in the week date date tbd but you can keep an eye on that that'll be a discord chat which will be a lot of fun and um for real gym radio i talked um just a few days ago with matt moore it was a really fun exercise i give him the criteria and what we did was what teams are best able to withstand the uncertainty of this season so you know covid plus injuries plus everything else so it was a very different way to like think about the tiers of the nba but i love the exercise. yeah and for us a reminder that our next episode will actually be coming out on wednesday night for prime subscribers and if you're not a prime subscriber please give us a shot uh, sign up you can also get access to our cap sheets and danny and my chats and our daily dunks which are lists of the best reading out there as well which our director of basketball operations ben dull helps to put together so give us a shot here and no uh nba cast this week either we'll be back eight days from now with at least scheduled as of now subject to change but uh it's going to be lakers at hawks so that should be a good one on the nba cast we'll talk to you all next time till then at amica insurance we know it's more than just a car It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.